How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to that. That's right, <laughs> the LA Dallas. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for this all season. <laughs> and you know what the worst part is? I had recorded a vine from the LA Deli video from Kroll Show, and I had it ready. I was like, I'm gonna have this ready when the Bucks go to LA in six months. I'm gonna have it on tap. I'm just gonna blast it out. And I don't care if Delhi's garbage or good, doesn't matter. And then Delhi ends up, Delhi ends up having some huge plays down the stretch, eight points, a couple big threes, um, and somehow, you know, did enough defensively on the last possession uh, against the LA Clippers to prevent Blake Griffin from uh, beating the Bucks, and the Bucks claim this uh, big, big, big win against the Clippers uh, in LA. And then I don't have the LA Deli clip. I go to my Vine page, and it turns out like only my, like because Vine's you know kind of dead, sort of dead. Yeah. Um. So you can still see like your. It looks like they still have sort of the most popular ones from your from your page, but then they don't have ones like LA the LA Deli one, <laughs> which nobody understood when I posted it six months ago. Um. So anyway, that is the long, uh, sad story, which is distracting from, um, the Bucks claiming uh, a huge win sweeping the season season the season series with the LA Clippers uh, a game as we noted yesterday that statistically they had just a 24% chance to win um, but they they bounced back from Monday's loss in Memphis with a huge win uh, and and all is right sort of again in Bucks universe Eric name sure Frank Madden why not everything's great um, no I that that was a, a legitimate win, and uh, I mean a ninety seven ninety six road victory over the Clippers. Who, if you watch the broadcast on ESPN throughout the broadcast, they were referencing like the Clippers need wins here. They need to win some games to kind of hold on to their position. And so this game actually meant something to the Clippers, and the Bucks end up pulling it out and. I guess kind of a, a strange one, I think, um, just because you you look at what you look at what the Bucks did in the first quarter. They they go up twenty eight to twenty, but Giannis picks up his two fouls. He picks up a third one in the second, and you're just really not feeling great about it. Um, and then third quarter, the Bucks don't really open up a lead against the the Clippers bench, and yeah, it, it just doesn't seem like anything's gonna go right. And then Jason Kidd pulls a pulls a classic Jason Kidd and decides to ride a bench unit out for a long time to start the fourth quarter, and somehow miraculously they survive. 
I guess through some a, a couple threes from Mirza Tledovich, um, and somehow they survive and get themselves a five or six point lead, and then Giannis finally comes back with six minutes left. It, it might even been less than six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So just a strange game to win, and I don't think you'd ever imagine the Bucks winning it like that. Like to have Giannis play just twenty eight minutes, sixteen points, five rebounds, five assists. Middleton also only has six, 16 points and you somehow pull out a victory. Like that's just, just not uh, the way you would ever draw it up against the Clippers, but the Bucks pulled it out. Yeah. I mean, very strange. I mean, strange to say the least we were complaining uh, on Monday, kind of wondering, you know, Giannis playing 20 minutes. He did have foul trouble in both of these games. Obviously that's some of the subtext for this. Um, but uh, you know, sat for long stretches of the fourth quarter on Monday as well as tonight on Monday. Um, you know, the Bucks eh, kind of stayed in it, but really, you know, they never got within closer than seven in Memphis. Um, Giannis comes back, and then you know, basically once the game was, you know, they, you think, they were down twelve. But tonight, do you think it's they, a punishment? Like I, I've been trying to figure it out because I, otherwise, I'm, I'm just very confused by it. Like tonight, legitimately. He got those two fouls. He picks up a third in the second, and in the third quarter, he didn't look very aggressive. He didn't. I mean, he, he didn't look good in the third quarter. And in my head, it was like, okay, well, he he doesn't look great, but still, you you ride with your horses. Like that's that's how it goes. And he he decided to sit him longer and longer. And it was the same thing against Memphis. And I'm wondering if if it's maybe punishment for picking up early fouls because otherwise, yeah. It's very strange and quite questionable. I mean, I that just seems like you know biting your nose to spite your face uh, with with a guy like Giannis. I mean, I, I, totally, I would agree. I mean, totally. Agree. I mean, he. I mean, I guess we can we can say it's it's stupid. That doesn't mean it might not be true, but I I, I don't I, I doubt it is um, because I mean, look, I, I was just looking at. It. I mean, since mid January, Giannis has played sub 31 minutes twice and weirdly it's been the last two games um and and probably part of that is because he hasn't been getting as much foul trouble but you know for the most part kids been playing him you could argue too much rather than too little for yeah. quite some time um I, I don't i don't know i mean maybe is this like an overcorrection kid trying to uh pull back on his minutes a little bit i mean we've talked a lot about uh you know kid kind of being having that gambler's mentality and you know riding units when they're kind of staying afloat um, but I don't know. Let, let's let's leave that for now. Um, you know, the other weird piece is is Chris Middleton came out for you know a, a long stretch, sort of in the in the crunch time period um, when Giannis came back in, and then I think only came back then um, kind of helped protect the lead with the bench uh, the first half of the fourth, and then comes back for the final possession um, that the Bucks had when they were up one. Giannis eventually gets it, uh, basically an ISO up, uh, gets a good look at a pull up, you know, seventeen foot jumper misses. Um, and then that sets up um, a pretty hectic finale where, uh, you know, basically the Bucks, you know, give up the, the switch. Matthew Delvadova isoed on Blake Griffin. But, you know, really just probably like a half second too, too little time. Um, I think if Griffin had a full shot clock, he maybe sees most spades coming down the baseline. I um, but instead he kind of forces up a, you know, wild shot that, that ro- rolls off the rim and uh, time expires. I thought a big part of it was that it wasn't DeAndre Jordan. Like, yeah. If that's DeAndre, if that's DeAndre Jordan, I think he makes that pass because 
literally throughout that the last what three or four minutes the the clippers kept running action to trigger that switch to get delhi and the bucks forced that shot clock violation where they got the switch he spins into monroe and then it's a pa- a, a wild pass from griffin to chris paul in the corner heavy close out from delhi Airball three, 24 second shot clock violation. And then there was another possession where they got that switch again. The double is about to come and he throws an alley oop to Jordan. And it, it looked like throughout that entire fourth quarter, Griffin was aware hey, they're going to get this switch on me. I need to be patient. And at some point, that helper is going to come. And when it did, you're going to get DeAndre Jordan. And that's DeAndre Jordan got that and one that made it a 97 96 game. And it seemed like he just kept waiting and waiting. And to Griffin's credit, he was very patient and smart and did a nice job with that. Um, but on that last possession, to me, it, I think there might have been some question from Blake, is Mo Spates actually going to cut to the rim? Like with DeAndre, you know, throw it near the rim, he's there. But Spates had started out by the three-point line originally, then he came in at the last second. And part of me wonders if Griffin just wasn't sure where Spates was going to be. And I mean, it would make sense. He played Blake plays a lot with Deandre and he's used to having kind of that, uh, safety blanket that he can just throw it up and, and Deandre Jordan will be there. So, um, I, I thought that was interesting. X and O's wise, um, the bucks bringing back that, that middle pick and roll that they kind of like where they'll have the point guard, have the ball in the middle, get a screen from a forward to go to like a sideline and then toss back into the middle of the floor. You might think of it as like the Michael Beasley play. They used to run it for Beasley all the time. That was how he always got middle. Uh, He got open in the middle of the floor and attacked with his left hand with only one helper on the weak side. And they were doing that with Giannis. And when Giannis finally did come back in, they were just really going to that play, working it over and over and getting some great stuff out of it. And to Giannis's credit, he could have came in that game w- after sitting out those first six minutes of the fourth quarter and forced action and tried to do too much, and he didn't. He, he made the right play with that and-one finish on DeAndre Jordan. He made a right play with uh, a couple passes to Delhi, and he, he just kind of controlled. Uh, again, we're seeing more superstar-type plays where he's controlling the tempo, controlling how the game is played, and making those decisions, and... We saw it in the first Clippers game, what is that, two weeks ago at this point? Or maybe only a week, I'm trying to think of days, 10 days ago, something like that. We saw it in that game, and we saw it again tonight from Giannis. Yeah, I think, you know, again, obviously a lot of us were, uh, you know, exasperated, wondering where, where Giannis is. And, uh, you know, the, the, the annoying thing is, uh, Toledovich hit some shots tonight, and, and obviously we, as uh, citizens of the Toledovich archipelago are, are not anti Mirza Toledovich, but you know, unfortunately, the way these rotations are kind of working out is that that kid is basically only playing Giannis and and Toledovich as as fours effectively now, and so you know, it's basically you never see them together, even though they've been, essentially been the most effective two man combination the Bucks have had all season, um, and so it's it's just kind of you know whatever. It, it's 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 annoying that those guys that they you know there's seemingly no no way for kid to get those guys together at this point but um you know Toledovich I think helped them kind of maintain that lead uh, early in the fourth quarter you know it's kind of an interesting game it kind of felt like the Bucks were just sort of hanging around but then I mean they were playing from the front for for a fair bit of the second half and I don't know felt like the Clippers kind of never 
they never really kind of were able to get on a on a big run. You know, I don't think the Bucks obviously were ever able to get on a, on a big run either. Um, but you look at it, obviously in in kind of the grand scheme, I think the Bucks showed you know generally good composure um, and you know never sort of never folded as as you know, kind of you worry about them sometimes on the road. You know, being susceptible to uh, a big run and um, you know obviously I think that's that's obviously the big the big positive for for the boxes that they kind of hung in there. And it was interesting. I mean, I thought down the stretch, I mean, you mentioned the plays that they were running, Giannis's decision-making. He also had a nice um, kind of quick high-low look for Greg Monroe that resulted in uh, a foul and a couple free throws for Monroe. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about the Bucks' struggles to execute down the stretch. And as much as the Bucks, you know, didn't put this game away when they were leading by, I think, as many as seven uh, down the stretch, uh, you know, they weren't really making big mistakes you know the, the mm-hmm. probably the biggest the biggest miss was uh, a play where tony snell gets a wide open corner three that you know you, you normally obviously will gladly take that kind of look uh down the stretch and especially uh, the way snell. tony snell's been shooting exactly you know tonight one out of seven so uh tonight was not tony snell's night maybe the uh the, the reverse mean reversion or the the negative mean reversion <laughs> normally we've been joking about delhi's mean reversion he's <laughs> he was three of three from three tonight uh, I think over. I think after starting 0 for 11 from three after the All Star break, uh, he I believe at this point is 17 of 31 since then. That ain't um, bad. That ain't bad at all. So uh, kudos to Del Vadova. He goes back to the bench tonight. Uh, comes off the bench uh, with Brogdon starting. Brogdon 11 points, five assists, no turnovers. Um, I thought you know those guys acquitted themselves very well against Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul, two out of 10 shooting, yeah, uh, seven assists, six turnovers. I mean, you know, six points, six turnovers, seven assists for Chris Paul. I mean, you, never would you go into a Clippers game thinking that you're going to be able to hold Chris Paul to those kinds of numbers. So you have um, to win that game. If you yeah. get that kind of night out of Chris Paul, you have to win it. Right. And, and that's obviously how you can survive a night when, when Giannis and and uh, you know Chris don't really have their A games per se, um, you know Giannis wasn't necessarily um, really ineffective. I mean, both guys shot fifty percent from the field, five out of ten for Giannis, four out of eight for Chris. But um, you know, it just could never really kind of get on track. Um, you know, Bucks had seventeen fast break points, but certainly didn't feel like like it that necessarily. Um, and it certainly wasn't happening, you know, really with Giannis on the court. Um, you know, I think that unfortunately with those foul trouble, those foul problems, he also didn't get to see much of the the Clippers bench, um, which kind of probably made his life more difficult. But um, you know, you certainly look at some of the contributions: Delhi, uh, Monroe. You know, another kind of kind of typical Greg Monroe night: twelve points, six boards, four assists, two steals uh, in twenty seven minutes. And uh, you know, kind of other than Snell maybe having an off night. Uh, you have to feel generally pretty good about uh, the help they got from other guys. And, um, you know, we, we talked about last game, Bucks had uh, basically their worst defensive night of the season on Monday in terms of defensive rating. Tonight they get it back down to 101.9, which especially by their standards is excellent. Um, you know, Clippers maybe helped them out a bit by going 5 out of 24 from 3. Um, but, you know, uh, they also had some some key stops. I mean, I think back to Delhi scrambling back to uh, contest Chris Paul on a corner three. Oh, then yeah. before the quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, he got right up on him. Paul had to take a, I think he tried to take a dribble and basically went deep into the corner and was fading away to avoid getting blocked. And, and it was an air ball and, and a shot clock violation. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, I think it's tough to, to look at, uh, at, at the kind of big picture of a game like this. And, 
you know, you take out a team that obviously is inconsistent, but look, you know, they're a 40 and 28 team. They came into this game 21 and 10 at home. Uh, and the Bucks are obviously, uh, you know, coming off a, a tough loss. So, uh, to bounce back and, um, you know, play well enough to win and, um, make enough plays down the stretch, uh, offensively and defensively, uh, I think certainly, uh, one that the Bucks will feel pretty good about. And, uh, obviously again, you look at it as a six game sample here on this road trip, you know, you'd take probably you'd be okay with two wins really like to get three and uh you know as you were saying if you can steal one of the games that you're you're maybe not supposed to win i think this definitely you know on paper was not a game you were expecting the bucks to win um it's a a pretty big big win and and obviously now the the challenge is you go into friday against the lakers a team you should beat sucks to lose game and you say okay take care of business and you'll be really well positioned for the rest of the trip I'm not sure of the proper phraseology. I don't know if this becomes the biggest S2L of the season, the Essier 2L of the se- the Essiest 2L of the season, um, <laughs> but that's what this Lakers game is. It, it absolutely is. If you steal this one against the Clippers and then just waste that game against the Lakers, who are actively and openly trying to lose... They lose 139 to 100 uh, against the Rockets tonight. And the Rockets put up points, but I mean, they're benching guys, they're sitting guys, they're scratching guys. They are doing anything they can to lose basketball games right now. Did, did you see Did you see the play the other night where, I, I think it was late in the game, um, where DeAndre, uh, D'Angelo Russell, it was, it was a timeout. They called a timeout. There were four seconds left in the shot clock. And they inbound the ball, and D'Angelo Russell has no idea that there's four seconds left on the clock. And basically then, like, dri- dribbles back out, calls for a pick, and then realizes <laughs> that the clock is running out and has to launch one up, you know, hurriedly at the at the end. Um, that's that's sort of the state of the Lakers right now and um, pretty I mean, unabashedly not trying to win games. They've shut down a number of their veterans, not that Mozgov and, and Luol Deng are... are big helpers in terms of wins but i mean they're not even playing those guys at this point so um so yeah the the la lakers are uh are are definitely not a team that that you want to lose to right now yeah it, the the bucks uh, again i very much enjoyed the phrase we've coined with the s2l the sucks to lose and yeah it w- there would not be a game that would suck more to lose than that one against the Lakers. So and and let's be honest, it it very much sucked to lose to the Lakers at home a couple you know yes, a few weeks did. ago. Yes, so, it did. Um, so we can verify. Yes, it, it would <laughs> suck to lose. Uh, I guess taking a, a bigger look at this game, I I'm looking at this box score and trying to to figure out if any trends that I'm seeing on here match with what my eyes saw and. No, like it is just a, a totally fascinating, strange box score, and uh, I, I, there's a ton of stuff that doesn't make sense, and you would think would lead to the Bucks not winning. I mean, you you look at Giannis and Chris not playing all that well. You look at Tony Snell and Jason Terry going to combine one of ten on threes, and neither and those are those are some open. That's looks what I'm saying. Too. That's what yeah. I was about to say. Those guys don't take bad ones. Like, maybe every once in a while, Tony Snell will force one. But those guys take open, catch-and-shoot threes. Yep. Like, those, those are the threes they take, and they shoot 10% on, 
on those tonight. And it, you you kind of think about Giannis's five assists, and again, there's probably a couple more for him there. There's probably a couple more for Chris there. There might be one or two more assists for Monroe if they hit a normal amount of open catch-and-shoot threes. Um, and that's just not the way it was tonight for the Bucks. So uh, they they somehow survived that. And I guess another a nice thing is Giannis and Chris – combined make nine baskets but seven of seven from the line for Chris six of nine from the line from Giannis Um, obviously you'd want to see Giannis make one more of those free throws but the fact that those guys got to the line kind of saved their nights and I, I guess the the thing that continues to impress me about Giannis is that he can kind of just dictate a game at this point and it that that isn't something I think we saw I don't know, even at the start of the season when he was playing really great basketball in that December stretch when the Bucs were playing really great basketball, I don't necessarily know that it was dictating the the terms of the game. It was more, I'm an insanely athletic man that can do anything I want on this floor, and I'm just going to bombard you with so much energy and athleticism, and you're not going to have any idea what to do with it, and our team is just going to overwhelm you and we're going to win this basketball game. And now I, I think there's more of a, I don't know, more of a decisiveness to it, more of uh, an, an intellectual nature to what he's doing where he's actively thinking, okay, if I make this move, this is going to open up this guy and I can make that this pass. And th- there just seems to be more of those moments where he kind of understands, okay, if I, dri- I there was a fast break tonight where I think it was like a four on three and he knew, okay, if I dribbled to this left side, I can throw a cross-court bounce pass to Jet. Jet will catch on the wing. He can take a quick look at the rim and then throw it to the corner, and then that's an open three. Or I can start some ball movement a different way. And I just think we're seeing more and more out of that, out of Giannis. And again, maybe the numbers over the last couple games haven't been quite as jaw-dropping, not quite as overwhelming, but the effect he's having on a game is still there and and it's still at an elite level that he he's really truly affecting these games. Yeah, I mean uh, there are definitely some some warts on this game. I mean, you know, obviously the the playing only 28 minutes is is, you know, part of the reason why he maybe didn't put up bigger numbers. Um and I think the the main thing was though as you said down the stretch, um they were able to get him to to good spots and he was able to be aggressive. Uh and, and maybe not fall back into sort of that like uh, I'm going to think about it and then I'm going to dribble into the middle of the paint and then I'm going to pump fake pointlessly and then I'm going to stop and then I'm going to kick it out when I have nothing else to do right um, so he I think the decisiveness was was good you talked about the, the those middle pick and rolls um, and and Dell using those bounce passes to kind of get him set up and and sort of the the calmness i think that he showed and and even on on the last possession where he missed the shot um you know i i like that i thought it was cool that they ran that play for him they brought chris back into the game fair question why chris wasn't in the game mm-hmm. a bit longer prior to coming back there but uh but uh they end up using chris sort of as a decoy uh, get the ball on a handoff to Giannis to end it and you know he gets a really easy look at a, a mid-ranger uh, and that's kind of what we talk about, you know. I mean, we talk about that with Jabari as well. Before, you know, that these guys, they're such a dang, they're such dangerous drivers that that you know they're always going to have that shot. And um, with Giannis, obviously, it's it's not a shot that he's been really comfortable with. 
but um, you know, tonight obviously you, you kind of dodge a bullet when the, the Clippers can't make the Bucks pay. But you know, a good look. And, and as I, I say, if you if point. you can get it in rhythm, and and that's yeah. a big thing. And the fact that uh, again, that might almost be another step that Giannis that one they run the play for Giannis, and two it's it's a dribble handoff, get him going, and he shoots that type of shot in rhythm. That's that's another step for him. Um, and again, it doesn't it doesn't fall, but. You're seeing that trust in him. You're seeing him take a good shot. You're seeing him take a shot in rhythm. That is that is another exciting step. Yeah, and and again, I mean, the Bucks still almost <laughs> blew this game down the stretch. Um, but you know, again, I, I think hats off to Delve Dover for playing some really good minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, other than maybe that like weak little foul he had on on DeAndre Jordan for a three point play uh, late. Um, to be fair, up- though. It's DeAndre Jordan. That yeah. man, well, he's I, a monster. I think, right, and I think you could argue that you know you would have hoped that Greg Monroe might have been the one to recover and, and deliver the hard foul because you know he's certainly bigger and Correct. can probably deliver a harder foul. Um, but you know, so it goes. Uh, Delhi, uh, I think, fittingly was the guy who you know managed to do just enough against Griffin uh, on that last possession to to force the miss. And uh, you know, uh, again, Delhi been playing better lately i think him coming off the bench uh and and being able to get brogdon uh you know more easily minutes uh, with the starters and and late in the games i think that's that's something that i like to see now um a little weird to see delegating 32 minutes and brogdon 26 um tough to say you know if, if but maybe brogdon's back injury i don't know if they're trying to manage that maybe a bit but but he's looked good the past couple nights uh in spite of anything else the bucks have done and um you know again I- 29 threes from the Bucks attempted tonight. Not not a great shooting night. 10 out of 29. Um, I think they were uh, three out of their last seven. Um, Correct. So, three or seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So made some made some uh, in the fourth quarter when it mattered. I think they were let's see four out of five from the right corner. They were 0 out of five from the left corner. Um, but again, you like to see you know 10, 10 corner threes. You like to see that. And on the flip side. I think looking at the shot chart, it looks like the Clippers uh, were just two out of four. So, um, you know, again, Clippers don't shoot well from three, uh, and the Bucks, um, you know, kind of limiting those to mostly um, above the break type opportunities. So, so yeah, I mean, against a Clipper team that has plenty of firepower, at least at least in this with the starters, um, you have to feel pretty good about uh, about this Bucks effort. And um, now, okay, congratulations, enjoy it for a few hours, and now go out and beat the Lakers on Friday night. I think one thing you, you mentioned Brogdon maybe being a little bit more healthy, being a little bit more back. That that dunk he had, the, actually he had two dunks. Which one? That, that's he what had I'm saying. Three, I think. As a, did he have? Th- he could have had three, but yeah. the one where he was going to his let's see, he was going to his right side, and it was just one of those where all of a sudden it just it just just happened where he got to the rim, threw it down with the right hand, and in my head I said, oh. I haven't seen that in a while. And we haven't seen him kind of have that rise up moment. And again, I'm still amazed by the efficiency of with which he jumps. There's no wasted movement. Uh, He still kind of surprises me when he attacks the rim like that. But uh, it it did kind of look like the move of a healthy man, if that makes any sense. It, It looked like that made more sense that he was okay and he could kind of handle that. So um, I, I think that's that's good to see. And, yeah, this sets up a sucks to lose. There, There's no doubt about it. 
Yeah, I'm just looking up uh, what how many dunks how many dunks do you think Brogdon has on the season according to Basketball Reference? Ooh. Um, let me go with I'll, like fifty. I'll, I'll add. I'll add the three from tonight to the total he's got. How many do you think he has? Fifty. Twenty. Really? Yeah. I would have thought it's more. No, I mean Giannis has one hundred and sixty-two. Last time I checked, he's fourth uh, in the league. Uh, I guess then, that kind of throws it out of whack for me. Like, yeah. Because I knew his number was that high. And I was like trying to parse down what a normal person dunking looks like, but Giannis kind of throws that whole scale off for me. Yeah, tough to be a point guard and have you know fifty dunks in a season. Like yeah, there just true. aren't there that's just true. aren't that many dunks to be had. But um, but definitely, uh, uh, I think Brogdon has. I mean, for a guy that last summer we were worrying we worrying about his sort of extra gear and mm-hmm. and whether he could stretch out to the three point line, um, you know. We've seen uh, plenty of of that little burst to get to the rim for dunks. Maybe not the kind of thing that that opponents uh, are expecting, but uh, <laughs> he's got that little that little final burst to to get to the rim. And um, that, to be honest, I think that's one of the things that that encourages me most about him, sort of in the big picture as well, is that um, you know he's strong, and I think he's sort of deceptively quick. And um, you know, maybe it's just. The, the comparison of, of having the other point guard be Della Vidova, who obviously can't get to the rim to save his life. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, it seems like Delhi gets, or, or Brogdon gets to the rim for layups and obviously the occasional dunk pr- pretty regularly. I mean, you know, he, 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 he gets there. And I think part of it's just like strength as well. But yeah. um, but he's uh, he's pretty deceptive. And obviously the, the consistency of his three-point shooting, I mean, he's been at like 42% three-point shooting for seemingly like months at this point. Which I think makes uh, you know is really encouraging. He had a big three in the in the fourth quarter tonight, one out of three on the uh, overall. But um, for him to be at basically forty two percent, you know, month after month after month as a rookie, um, that that's impressive. And you know, just sort of I guess speaks to the stereotype of Malcolm Brogdon as the uh, steady veteran. So yeah, uh, so that's positive. Uh, by the way, before we we uh, stop short. Um, we have to do other obviously standings watches watch the standings for for other games oh man um, this is this is such a strange experience now to be back yeah. in this position right and we're not even we're not even looking at the lottery standings at this point anymore so that that's uh that's different um the bucks tonight uh they do get some help uh the well the indiana pacers let's start with the not helping the indiana pacers do win convincingly over the charlotte hornets so i mean helps in the sense that the hornets are fall further out of the race Nicola Batum um, is uh, is out with migraines. He was having a CT scan. That's obviously very bad news. That makes uh, me for sad. The Hornet. Yeah, um, that's a, a terrible thing to to be suffering through. Um, but the uh, Miami Heat uh, also on the bad news side, uh, they do get a win over the Pelicans. Uh, of course, the Pelicans, the hapless Pelicans. My God, they are terrible. Um, so the Heat now keep pace basically with the Bucks. They're thirty three and thirty five. Uh, the Pistons do not keep pace. Uh, the Pistons lose by 14 at home to the Jazz. Uh, they are now tied with the with the Heat. So both teams at 33 and 35. Bucks meanwhile improved to 33 and 34. So they're a half game up on both those teams. Technically, the Bucks now in seventh, which um, obviously you'll take any little edge you can. Uh, and the Bucks will have the tiebreaker over the Pistons, which is I, positive as well. I was trying to figure out when do you. 
when do you think the last time they were in seventh was? Like, not in the ace box. I know just recently they got back in the ace spot, but I was trying to think the last time that they would have been in the seventh spot, and I really have no idea. I don't know. Quite some time, I feel like. But, that, um, agreed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Bulls. <laughs> oh, Bulls. Uh, Bulls lose. The, the the Grizzlies at least did the Bucks solid. They beat them on Monday, and they at least come back and beat the Bulls uh, in Chicago to help the Bucks out. So uh, the Bulls dropped 32 and 36. I mean, good lord, can the Bulls just get knocked out of this? Like, why? Like, yeah. it's. I'm I'm sad as a Bucks fan that the Bulls are somehow still vaguely in this playoff race, and um, that that always like a kind of, I don't know take some of the luster off the, the race for the eighth seed. The fact that the Bulls are still in it, but they lose uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. They're now at 32 and 36, so they are a, a full game and a half back of the Bucs. Obviously, they don't have the tiebreaker with the Bucs either. So, anyway, lots to watch, and um, hopefully, uh, man, I'm jinxing it, but Bucks back at 500 on Friday? It is How it is dare you? How dare you? All right. Well, it's a sucks to lose on Friday. Um, we will we will talk to you about it tomorrow. This has been Locked On Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Los Angeles Clippers 97-96 in a nationally televised game, which is always a nice thing to hear people say nice things about the Milwaukee Bucks that aren't the Milwaukee Bucks broadcasters. So uh, that was nice. They get a win. And, yeah, strange things are happening. I, I think, what, the best record in the – East since the All-Star break? Maybe the best record in the entire league? Uh, that might be a stretch. But East, for sure, I feel good about, I feel good about saying. So, Bucks are, are doing some things right now. We'll see if that can continue on Friday. We'll talk to you about it on Friday. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.